when you put sales and marketing automation on top of an agency, you've basically just, you know, doubled your manpower. Welcome to the Insurance Refocus podcast, where we're highlighting real agent stories and how they're innovating to respond to the changes and challenges happening in the independent insurance industry. My name's Lindsay, and I can't wait to introduce you to my amazing co-host, who just so happens to be my mom, Carrie Wallace. Mom, how are you doing today? It is going well, Lindsay. How are you doing today? I'm doing really good. It's a, a beautiful day here in Charleston, South Carolina, so can't complain. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, I'm pretty excited uh, that we have a pretty cool guest on today. I got to meet him Actually, as we had some common friends, and then um, actually earlier this year, I got to meet him at Brainshare. Today, we get the pleasure of speaking to Austin Moorhead, who is the founder of Lava Automation. Let's just go with that. I'm going to make that your title. Is that okay, Austin? I think it's officially true. So (laughs) thanks for having me. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for coming to the show. I really appreciate it. So I hear you've been traveling a little bit. Where have you been, my friend? Uh, well, this year we decided to add conferences into uh, our uh, marketing experience. And so, you know, conference season, I think, kind of goes from spring to fall. And uh, the last few months we were at, oh gosh, Applied. And I can't even remember now. It's just been a blur. Mm-hmm. We were in uh, Indiana. We were in, uh, I was just in Denver last week doing like a leadership retreat because it's fall season. And so everyone's planning for next year, setting goals and things like that. And Just kind of all over the place. Yeah, Yeah. I love it. I love it. I I know a little bit about that conference season myself. And I'm happy to say I'm sitting in Hilton Head, South Carolina. I've been here for a full week and I have a full week ahead of me, which is amazing. It's very, very unusual. So that is not true. That is not true. Do not lie to the people. You literally just left Charleston on Sunday. You've only been home for two days. You know what? I stayed in South Carolina. So in my mind, that was personal <laughs> trip rather. You're right. I, I lied. I didn't mean to lie. But isn't that funny how my brain works? Like, so, I think you're home. <laughs> it's so crazy. Uh, anyway, so, well, Austin, I would love to hear your journey in this industry. Like what brought you to insurance? What kept you in insurance? And what brought you to today? Yeah, so I joined uh, the military right out of high school and then did that uh, contracting military stuff till about 2014. My wife got pregnant. We decided living in Kuwait wasn't uh, a long-term plan for us, so we moved home. I asked a couple of friends what I should do. I wanted to be a business owner. And one of my friends said, hey, you should become an insurance agent and go check out State Farm. And the sign should have been that she was an independent agent telling me this at the time. But I took her advice, joined State Farm, and then realized, again, that this wasn't a a long-term fit for me. So I left State Farm and opened up an indie shop in like 2018. And I wanted to do all the cool things, you know, have a bunch of carriers and use all the tech. But at the time, there wasn't anything really like Agency Zoom or Insured Mind pre-built insurance solutions. And so we made it our mission at our agency to kind of solve some of the technology And uh, my first customer at the time, he wasn't a customer, but another guy in Denver goes, hey, I see you're using the same CRM as us. Do you mind helping me out with mine? I should have said no, uh, but fate has it. You know, I said yes, and uh, here we are today. And so uh, I think early 2019, I opened up Lava, um, and we made it our full-time mission to help insurance agencies with their technology, setting up their CRM and kind of integrating everything. And then... 
early in 2019, that same first customer says, Hey, Austin, can you help me get some virtual assistance for our company? And now today we have about 200 VAs in the Philippines helping our customers. That is crazy. It's, it, it's, is a pretty cool industry though, that you can start doing one thing and move into this huge need somewhere else. And, you know, someone asked me this week, actually, it was an investor who focuses on insure tech, which I hate that word. But anyway, he was basically saying the difference between insure tech that is agent led versus insure tech that is not, or services that are agent led versus um, that are not. There's this huge learning curve. The fact that you came into yeah. the industry and understood it, it, it just makes a huge, huge difference. People think it's yeah, easy I think and it it's not. Yeah, I think it up. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's such a complex industry, you know? So we've been serving as like a, you know, a tech consultant or a, a process consultant, whatever you want to call it for, I don't know, four or five years. And, you know, I was in insurance for a few years prior to that. And I'm still learning, you know, I hear it from people that have been in for 20 years. It never stops. Amen to that, right? Amen to that. I'm learning every single day. And talk about, so part of the reason I wanted to invite you on the podcast, Austin, is because you um, and I have had some common customers and I get to see the customer after they've utilized you. And, um, you know, I, I always look at an agency and I'm looking for are they efficient? Are they profitable? Are there things that they can do to increase their profitability? Um, I'm basically looking from a financial standpoint, are they healthy or are they not? And it was pretty impressive. Some of the common customers that we had, they stood out as very, very efficient agencies, things that I haven't seen before. So I would it, which made me want to find out more. Like, tell me what the heck you're doing inside your agency that allows your revenue for employee to be up or your uh, staff to not look the same as others. Or And honestly, their tech stack wasn't that expensive either. You would think they've got this massive tax tech stack and what they really have is automation. They have their technology working for them, not necessarily a bunch of different pieces. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm making wide, um, very wide statements, but I'd love for you to talk about what that looks like, what the tech stack of today looks like, and what that journey is going from, I don't know, to I need to get this thing working for me. Can you help me with that? And then also, I think the conversation uh, is divided between Vertifor and Applied. The Vertifor community, in my opinion, has been awake now for three or four years about sales and marketing automation. And the Applied community is maybe just waking up, maybe. Uh, and so, you know, our tech stack uh, in, in like simple terms is really just a CRM, which is a sales and marketing tool that's going to help you reduce your follow-up from a production standpoint and from a service standpoint. And um, if you clock it from like just a service standpoint, the CRM and like the impact it can have on an agency, the average producer is going to get an extra 2.3 weeks worth of unlimited, you know, nonstop work um, and follow-up on their behalf each month. And so when you start talking about scaling an agency and getting like bang for your buck type of results, when you put sales and marketing automation on top of an agency, you've basically just, you know, doubled your manpower um, without doubling your costs. 
And so that's one of the things if you're like looking at, hey, how can I run a profitable agency? It's like, well, how can we be bigger than we are? How can we have a bigger feel than we are? And, and a lot of the answers today are technology. And then I think the other obvious one is offshoring labor, cutting your costs by half. If you're like me and many other small businesses across the country where hiring, training, and retaining employees is a challenge, Agency VA has a solution for you. Agency VA has over a thousand VAs hired, managed, and trained in the Philippines, Latin America, and India. But did you also know they have a hundred licensed agents here in the U.S. that can help you manage your book? I use a VA who lives in the Philippines, and I absolutely love her. The process was simple. We had a consultation where they asked me my needs, goals, and concerns, and matched me with Allie, who has been an absolute game changer for me. Employing Allie through Agency VA has allowed me to focus on my business without worrying about HR concerns, turnover, and monitoring payroll. The best part is the Agency VA team was eager to help my company and also make sure that Allie is getting employee benefits, a competitive salary to help her live a better life in the Philippines. If this is something that you are struggling with inside your agency, please visit agencyva backslash insurance refocused and set up a time to talk to them about your hiring needs. Hey guys, if you're looking to improve your bottom line, allow your team to operate efficiently and really improve that customer retention, I believe you should check out Ascend. Ascend is the all-in-one insurance payment solution. They are focused on streamlining your invoicing, premium financing, accounting, and they'll even make your carrier payables for you. They are taking agency bill and making it as easy as direct bill. That is a game changer. They integrate with all of the major AMS players. And here's the best part. It's free. There is no subscription, no cost to you. They allow your customers to pay how they want. If you are interested in improving your efficiency, go visit ascend.com backslash insurance refocused and let them know that we sent you. So hang on a minute, just for everyone to, you, you said something that I don't think people heard, or at least I want to make sure they heard it. You said have a CRM and that CRM can create an extra 2.3 weeks of work per producer per month. Yeah. So just a little yeah, that's quick maybe math. On the low side. Yeah. So yeah. just a little quick math for everyone. That's 83 hours that you are finding for people. Oh my goodness. And that's each producer. Yeah. And you can get the same results for CSRs that use a CRM to do like their non-pay cancellations, policy change requests. Cause there's, you know, there's content that's pretty templated that you're going to use to communicate with your customers. So, you know, our philosophy is let's not make it like hyper unique to the customer. You know, we need to tell them, tell them, Hey, we've got you. We started the process and we've completed the process. And, and certainly on a, on a unique individual, you know, you could add in, Hey, we we're looking at your Honda Odyssey 2019. 
But you take that out of the the equation, all of a sudden now we've got a template that can work with everybody, right? And so you know, finding the, finding you know like a core message inside a CRM that allows you to mass produce communication is always kind of the goal. How much of this work is done? So your customers, how much of the work? that LAV is doing is done just purely by automation and how much is done by VAs or is the automation put in place by the VAs on the CRM? Well, so we have a product now where the, the VAs can <clears throat> build your CRM out for you. Uh, we train them. And so, you know, the benefit of that product is, you know, one, you, you need a VA to do your, your remarkets and then the loss runs and things like that. Uh, but two, fast forward six months and you've got your CRM built and you want to make changes to it. You don't need to come find a developer like me to kind of help set it up. You have an in-house tech uh, that does it for you. Does a VA stay with each of your customers after the CRM is built, like they have like an ongoing person yeah. with them. Yeah. In that scenario, the VA would, after setting up the CRM to our standards, they would then kind of roll into the agency and, and be more of a standard, you know, CSR support type role. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so some of the efficiencies of keeping that agent, that VA that built it for you on, on staff long-term. You know, that's one of the number one issues is we all have these technologies. Like we are not at a shortage of technology solutions in the insurance industry. I mean, every time I turn around, there's a new one that's popping up, right? But the problem is we don't know how to use them. Like even the tech we already have, it's not being utilized. So a company called Catalyt did this study. Vertifor's done a study, Applied's done a study that really looks at what is the utilization of the current technology that's in place. And I don't know the stat. I think that it's less than 40% of the different features are being utilized. That sounds about in the right ballpark, but please do. Maybe high, yeah. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) please don't quote me, but it's, it's, you know, my point is it's not being fully utilized. You, Lava actually helps with that as well. Like you might already have the tech, you just need to know what the tech does. Is that accurate? It totally is. And, you know, we have the the blessing to have some decent sized customer, $50 million size agencies. And, you know, these guys uh, have been working on making a very efficient, effective, you know, organization for a long time. And so when they commit to a project like a CRM, you know, they go all in, you know, they're not uh, new to running a business. You know, they're very committed. Their teams are very committed, which is such an understatement today, like having a fully bought in team. Um, and, uh, and so when you get a look at a big agency like that and you can see kind of how they solve like it end to end, you know, they don't leave any stone kind of unturned. You can really build like this perfect model of like what an agency should look like with technology. And so when we find new customers like, oh yeah, I've got a CRM. We've been using it for a year. And you, you know, you take a look, you know, under the hood, so to speak. And it's like, oh man, well, we could add in double what you got going on in here, but maybe you're just not aware because you just haven't had, you know, a hundred of those types of events to, to figure out how to do the automation in it yet. And so the beauty of us is, you know, I think we do about a half a billion in premium now across the country. Uh, and so we see these little micro automations that can benefit people, you know, across the country that, you know, we learn from one shop kind of thing. Um, sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. And and it kind of sounds familiar to my vantage point because I get to see, you know, this is what happens when someone put a VA in place, or this is what happens when someone, um, 
outsource their service or this is what happened when someone, whatever, you know, it's a, it's super interesting because you get this perspective of how someone else is doing it and you can actually provide that to your customers. It's super powerful and not everybody has that vantage point. If you have one, if you're looking at one agency and one agency alone and you really don't have a network, it's tough to know, right? It's really tough to know. Yeah. Or then the trial and error of it. Let's say, let's say you're the first agency to set your CRM up and you don't have a blueprint to follow and you don't have a, a huge support group of people that are going to come and work on your tech all day, um, you're going to try your best and you're going to go forward six months and you're going to realize you need to make a bunch of changes to it. And and that whole try and error process is uh, you know very limiting to an agency's growth where because of our vantage point, we get to look at so many agencies, uh, it, you know, it allows you know people to you know remove some of the barriers they weren't seeing potentially when they're setting up a tool. So let's go back to how it starts. Um, so let's say I came to you and I said, you know what, Austin, I really want to automate some things. I have no idea where to start. What does that look like? What does that journey look like for an agency? Yeah, we only have one solution and it's a complete solution. We don't come in and just knock out one campaign and, you know, dust our hands and see you later. When you meet us, we're going to build the entire agency from a sales and marketing CRM standpoint and try and weave in VAs into that and then go through some type of, you know, checklist with an agency where they're, where I always tell them, put the CFO's eye, you know, uh, lenses on real quick, because if you can do it for cheaper or if you can be more effective, you have to, you have to. Um, and so when, when we meet agencies and we're looking at their tech stack, you know, we try and come up with a game plan that when they're done with us, they're going to have, you know, the full gambit of it. But sometimes that means we're going to have to restructure human processes and maybe move some people's, you know, responsibilities around a little bit. Once we see like the final, you know, uh, plans of how this thing's going to end up. You know, we'll implement the the tool, we'll stand the whole thing up in a few weeks, and then we take the next month to train an agency. Uh, and so when an agency comes to us, within about a month and a half month, they're fully stood up and then they're in training and they're operating now. <clears throat> and so the biggest burden, I think, with technology and changing technology today is that like, your team is going to feel that impact for three to six months. Changing an AMS or adding a CRM is a, it's a feet, you know, it's a very paramount, uh, uh, moment in your organization. And if you don't do it right, you know, it could take you out for a year. Uh, and so agencies that come to us and they go, Hey, let's do this and please hold our hands. And so we have that benefit of, <clears throat> again, not only standing these things up, but servicing them for years and kind of making sure that, uh, it's a very smooth transition into, you know, this technology. So walk us through kind of some of the, Auto, like specific automations you put in place that really makes like the framework of the CRM work for an agency. Can, can we talk about the ones I'll never use? Sure. <laughs> I, uh, I see birthday campaigns in uh, CRMs. I'm like, what? Take that out of there. You know, here's <laughs> Christmas campaigns. What? Get rid of that. Uh, so insurance is like probably the easiest, I think, industry because we have very formal dates about when we should check in, right? So it's a new customer you're about to purchase in the next 30 days. We call that experience pre-sell. And then once we buy somebody, now we're in an onboarding campaign <clears throat> and that's going to last for about nine months. And then right before the renewal, about three months before the renewal, we're going to transition to a renewal campaign. Personal lines versus commercial lines, the time should shift a little bit about when we reach out. Uh, but then we have renewal automation that, you know, the goal of it is to retain the customer and cross sell. Um, and so because of the policy dates, we 
kind of organize our communication around these events. And, you know, I'm, I'm not blowing you up for a cross sell four months after I sold you something. Let's wait till your renewal when the conversation is fresh and relevant again. And so as long as we kind of time when we ask what we ask to the, to when the consumer is, is considering, you know, these topics, then we have a much greater chance of, of converting on the, on the cross sell opportunities that, that we want. So what kind of, um, is there any predictive stuff built into the, any of the ones you've done so far? So predictive is probably the the end goal, and it's a lot more challenging than you might think. So we do have some reports um, in some of our CRMs that will tell us how many people entered a campaign like QuoteSent, for example. One of our agencies, I think, last year had a thousand people come into that campaign. And then, you know, what was the automated touch point that converted them from that campaign? So like text one, text two, text three, or was it uh, email one, email two, email three, or ringless voicemail one, two, three. And so we can see, oh, hey, text one was responsible for 50% of the conversions uh, in this campaign. And not only can we see that it converted you, but we can see where it converted you to. Did you move to lost? Did you move to sold? And so when you look at the spreadsheet kind of in its totality, you can see, okay, we've got 20 touches in this campaign. A thousand people went through it and, you know, you know, 20% of them converted on uh, text number one to sold. And, you know, uh, let's just say 10% of them converted on text number three to lost. And so it's not predictive, but it allows us a deeper lens to like look into the effectiveness of the individual touch points. And then we can start making changes to the messaging to see if we can tweak the conversions, optimize it for sold as the goal. And so we started looking at these reports a few years ago. We noticed uh, wins and losses in some of the data. It was like, oh, man, we need to go change that message so we can see if we can increase the conversions or put a more positive conversion on that outcome. Uh, and we did. I mean, we, we changed messages and people were converting better. And so having the ability to see where campaigns are performing is a really nice preview. Now, the predictive side of it, oh man, that's like the next two years I think we're going to see. You know, I want to plug those reports into chat GPT, give it my content, and then somehow make it so it runs in real time and say, hey, here are the conversions in the last 24 hours. Go change the messaging in the campaigns to optimize for sold. And chat GPT in theory could, uh, you know, read the, the, the conversions and then go, you know, change the content. Uh, we just haven't found a way to automate all of that without keeping a person in the middle, so. It's very manual today. Okay. I saw a, um, I follow this LinkedIn page. What's it called? Uh, it's called Marketing Millennials is actually what it's called. And it's a podcast. They're like this whole, it's this whole like universe of marketing millennials. But that was a very long story to tell you a short story. But they did a LinkedIn post that said, um, the biggest challenge of being like a marketer is not changing what you're doing every five seconds. And like, that would be super hard for me to wait a year to see all of my clients go through that and then analyze the data. Cause like, I feel like sometimes when I want the data, I'm like, Oh, I should have done that a year ago. And then I do it, you know, and then I forget about it. And that's probably the best way to do it. You know, you have to a little bit forget about the fact that you want the data in order to get it and be able to like get a big enough subsection of people going through it that you can actually tell what's being effective and what's not. 
Uh, yeah. So I tell agencies, you know, when we turn this thing on, you're probably going to get a negative response. Like whoop do you do how many positive responses? And so CSRs and producers sometimes can be a little sensitive to the one negative automated reply that we got. And I go, well, you got to take a step back and you got to look at this from the majority perspective. You know, are 70% of the people going through it having a positive experience and, and, you know, one or two people are kind of raising their hands and complaining. It's like, well, it's just the law of large numbers. Let's, let's deal with that. And we can see there are much more wins over losses. Uh, but yeah, with the data, I think now, you know, I always tell agencies, you know, turn it on for at least 90 days before we start trying to make changes to it. But usually you can kind of get a feel in the first 90 days of like, hey, we just instituted this new campaign process stage, et cetera. And um, we're seeing the results already. It's rare that we have to wait much longer than that. It depends, I guess, maybe on the volume of deals going through that section. But um, if you get enough data, you can crank it out. We were recently doing a, like an automated campaign and someone on the team was saying to me, well, what if all these emails aren't correct? Well, what like what about this? What about that? What if there's a typo? And I'm like, you have to turn it on to find out where it's where it's going wrong. Like it's you have to go into it knowing that it's going to go wrong somewhere. And all you can say is, "Hey, sorry, I'll change that email for you." Yeah. Oh, <laughs> sorry that there was a typo. I'll I'll fix that. And then you fix it and not like it's. There's always going to be issues that come with it. You just have to be not afraid to like press go. I hundred percent. And I, you know, typos humanize you too. And we've had I typos do. in automation that we, no one caught for, you know, six months and yeah. customers are converting just fine. Um, you know, the, yeah. the flip side is, okay, let's not turn it on. How many things are missed? How many things don't get done? How many things are not being touched? Like we're in the middle of a hard market. Here's the deal. You're not going to be able to get to everyone the way that you want to get to them. You have to ha let technology help you. There's no two ways around that. I mean, yeah, that's we're seeing reality. agencies like scared of this market. And, and, but what the one commonality I hear in every agency across the country is we have more leads than we've ever had. So I'm glad you said that, Austin, because that is one of the differentiators in the agencies that I've valued that you guys have been in. So one of my questions are, what's driving new business? And when the answer is referrals, my, my immediate question back is, okay, are they doing that because it's Austin Moorhead? Are they doing it because it's your agency? Is there like referrals can go away if the people go away. Referrals can go away if the relationship goes away. If someone tells me that it's based on the content they're putting out there and a machine they've put in place, that is far more predictable and transferable for an agency that's going to continue into you know, perpetuity. So that's what I'm looking for. Is it transferable? Is it maintainable? Is it something? And that's been the biggest differentiator that I see. So talk to me a little bit about the machine that's created to help generate leads. So first off, referrals are hands down the best lead that you can get. But like you said, this market, you know, everyone's LO referral partners have dried up. Um, I think that you should still keep working in those relationships with the LOs because when we get through this hard market, if you stop servicing them, you know, fast forward to years, somebody else picked them up. And so maybe you're not getting the returns that you're used to seeing, but you want to stabilize and hold on to those relationships, even in this market. Because when we come out of it, you know, I think we're going to see a big boom again and maybe we're two years out, but, um, so with referrals declining, and this has always really been my real approach is, uh, you know, and I, it's kind of awful, but I always teach people, I say, if I held a gun to your head 
And I said, next month, I need you to double production. How are you going to do it? And they always kind of give me this blank stare, like, well, maybe I could go talk to somebody. I don't know. But they don't really have an answer. But there really is an easy answer out there. And it's called the internet leads. You can go purchase them from thousands of vendors and you can read the data on how they convert. And, and if they're positive, you know, you spend a buck, you make a dollar fifty back, you know, why wouldn't you do that a million times? And once we can get agencies to kind of wrap their head around that, you know, when the market shifts, if you still have a way to buy or acquire leads, or if the whole world is just shopping because their rates went up, which is what we're seeing right now, uh, and you have a system to work those, you, you know, you have a real lever inside your agency that you can pull on when things switch, as long as you can, you know, effectively and positively work internet leads. And so we push agencies to work internet leads. I think are some of our biggest agencies all work, you know, they have their referrals, they have their centers of influence, uh, you know, they have their customer base, which kind of naturally grows itself. But then when they go, okay, hey, we want to, we want to add a new element of revenue in our organization, we're going to buy leads. And that's like, okay, where do we get them from? Well, there's, there's options. Yeah. And you have to have a system in place, like just buying the leads, just like, I mean, I say this all the time, but I'm going to say it again. Just because I buy a treadmill doesn't make me thin. Like I have to have a process and utilize it in order to have it do its work. Same thing. You can Are purchase. Are you trying to at me right now? <laughs> she, she, she's literally subtweeting me in front of my face right now. I literally I have this treadmill that's sitting right here. And she's been trying to buy it from me for like two months. And she keeps telling me, well, you never use it. I can't believe you just subtweeted me to my face. That's I did rude. not. In your face, yeah. <laughs> the call tone sitting in the office. I think you have to get it out of the office. <laughs> I wouldn't use it. It was literally three feet away. It just sat there and stared at me. And finally got rid of it and started exercising again. That's was, so funny. Know. Anyway, my point is you can't just buy something and not have the infrastructure to know what to do with it, right? Or – you know, the willpower. Well, you can and you're going to fail, you know, launch, fail, learn, fix. And, you know, you're going to, somebody had to do that. Somebody had to pioneer that, but you don't have to anymore. There's certainly programs out there that you can subscribe to that can organize you and help you get stood up and, and understand some of these markets that maybe you're unfamiliar with. Uh, and then if you do have that platform in place and you do have that, that backend support to effectively work these new resources, I mean, we're, we're seeing agencies write a million dollars in production still, you know, and we're in the hardest market we've ever been in. Um, so no excuses. So I, I would be remiss if I did not ask this question because, you know, if I'm an agency owner listening to this and saying, yes, yes, I know I need to do automation. Yes, I need to do this. I understand I'm competing with it. Where do I start and how much does it cost? You can do whatever you want with that question, but that's what I get asked directly when I say the things that I think they need to do. Uh, give us your, you know, your best advice. Where do I start and how much should I expect it to cost? So this is not a sponsor for anybody. I'm just going to name drop some companies. If you're with Vertifor um, or Hawksoft or uh, Nowcerts, and we're, and we're talking sales and marketing with me. And so the CRM that you need is agency Zoom. If you're with Applied, you need to get uh, insured mine. And so the reason that we like these two CRMs is because they have a two-way integration with the AMSs that reduce some of the double data entry. Uh, if you go back three, four years ago, remember, there was no tech really for a CRM that was integrated with any of the AMSs, and it started changing. But we saw the power of the CRM years ago before we had this integration. And because, oh, man, we're really saving all this time. But the, always the complaint was, um, how do we get, how do we reduce the double data entry? And so anyways, definitely get the CRM. And then 
you know, the cost can range anywhere from, you know, a couple thousand dollars a year to, you know, a million dollars a year, depending on what CRM you get. Again, if your agency Zoom or insured mine, you know, a couple thousand dollars a year. If you go to some other system, you know, you could be in the millions. I mean, the tech doesn't stop once, you know, you get the first footprint down. Uh, but most agencies are, you know, under under a couple grand for their CRM. And then the setup of it, if you went and hired an organization like mine, there's a couple of them out there. You know, you're going to be somewhere between two and uh, $8,000 to get these things built out. And then just the beauty of that setup is, again, you're going to skip trial and error. You know, you're going to have a complete solution, you know, within a few weeks and your whole agency is going to be trained on this thing from an, uh, a supporting organization like our own to get you guys effective in, in a real quick time. I don't, I don't, I don't see the cost. All I see is the, the gain. Yeah. But a couple grand for software, you know, eight ish grand for setup or something like that. Yeah, that's totally fair. I mean, the, the issue is in the thing to think about is the stop start without having the time and resources and energy to put it in place the right way is probably the cost. Like that is, that's the biggest thing. Cause take it from me. Like I, um, you know, I'm, I'm in a startup, I have technology and if it's not set up the way it needs to be, and it's not working for you, you can, you can not invest and have it not work for you and be struggling. You know, like that's, well, a, that's a difficult you thing. You you just stop doing what you're doing because I got to go work on this tech. And it's like, now all of a sudden I'm not selling insurance. I'm a tech guy. And uh, what, what does that do to your agency kind of like long-term? Uh, and so the impacts are pretty big. It's like, well, stop trying to be everything. And another thing that we see is really common is there is this never ending desire for the shiny object in our space. And there is tech popping up every week. And, and so our big, big shops that have had their CRM set up for years, you know what they've been doing for the last few years? They stopped looking at tech. They stopped, they just cut it out. They go, you know, we've, we solved 90, 95% of it. Why don't we just put a hundred percent of our energy back into selling now? Um, you know, but I go agency to agency to agency and somebody in that agency is spending half of their time looking at tech all day, every day. It's like, what? Um, you could put that energy to so much better activities that are going to produce revenue. And sometimes you just got to optimize what you already have. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That goes back to the only 40% utilization of the tools you already have. Yeah. And so if you can get the CRM set up and uh, you have an AMS going, the next thing you need to work on is processes with your people to, to make it very efficient with that CRM and then put mm -hmm. the, put the gas in the engine, so to speak, get leads for that CRM. Cause it won't work if you don't spin it up. Um, well, Austin, if someone wants to reach out to you, uh, where can they reach you at? Uh, www.lavaautomation.com. I Perfect. Love it. I love thanks, it. Thanks, thanks so much for coming on. This was a fun conversation. Uh, yeah. I always love talking about making technology more efficient and things like that. So really appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me today, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Insurance Refocus podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please be sure to hit subscribe and leave us a review so you'll never miss us. Want to learn more about how Agency Focus can help you grow your agency? Head to agency-focus.com or email Carrie directly at carrie at agency-focus.com. If you need to get in touch with me, feel free to shoot me an email at lindsay at agency-focus.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week.